finances and how do I build a business, get a job. There's so many things that we're not teaching in school that I think need to be taught there. But we have to overcome this massive hurdle of like, we were never even talked to about self-love and insecurities and not needing external validations to make us feel good. We want to fit in because we want people to like us. And in reality, the best way for people to like us is to be ourselves and to be authentic. And then the people that want us and that gravitate towards us will come to us. There are certain people that will repel and that's perfectly fine too. But when you're good inside, you don't need anything outside telling you that, hey, nice job, John, way to go. John, John, you're the best. You don't need that when you're good inside. I'll never forget that day when I asked myself the question, is this it? Is this all there is to strive for in life? That day, I set out on a journey to find more. Now, I am sitting down with the most fulfilled to teach us the tools and tips they use to get there so we can do it faster. Think different, earn different, live fulfilled. This is Contrarian Cashflow. Welcome back, Contrarian Cashflow. Today, I've got Alex B. Sheridan with me. Alex, what's going on, my man? Hey, brother. Glad to be here, man. Man, two staffing sales or two former staffing sales execs chopping it up. So no, man, excited to have you there. So he, have you here. So uh, for those that don't know, so Alex, aka ABS, is the founder of Impacts Marketing, former staffing sales executive, loving father of two beautiful daughters, and just uh, an all-around badass person. So Alex, what do you have going on right now? A lot, man. A lot of just fun stuff. Personally, professionally, just finished um, a project that got in the hands of Gary Vaynerchuk. And uh, his team posted it on their Insta, the Team Gary V Insta. They were blown away by the, the video we did for him, uh, him and a partner. And um, it was really creative, just something that they had not seen before. And I knew, we knew that going into it. We wanted to knock their socks off and just put something out there that was just going to be like, whoa. And um, it was such as, and, and, it, and it happened. So it was cool, really cool, man. But yeah, business is good. Um, getting ready to move in 30 days to a new place, a bigger place, my girls. So there's just, uh, just so much to be grateful for, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And as you can tell, you know, I got so much respect for you that I cut my hair just like you right before the, right before the interview. <laughs> I was going to say, man, you look, you look a little different and maybe you grew out this a little bit. Did you? Yeah, know. you know, a little, oh. a little gray's coming in here and there, but, uh, <laughs> but no, I do, I do want to say, you know, I know we talked about it before, but I know, you know, I just wanted to say, I appreciate, you know, just our relationship. And it's something you said to me beforehand was, you know, just kind of how far along I was in my journey. And I just, you know, want to, share that gratitude and, you know, definitely helped me kind of make that ultimate decision finally to jump out myself. And, you know, people like yourself are just an inspiration to others that are, that are a little bit, you know, antsy or anxious or nervous to get into that step. So anyways, just keep inspiring and motivating, man. Really appreciate it. Of course, man. Cause I was, I was that person at some one point, you know, for many, many years, I held things back inside and was scared to kind of take that next step. So I'm coming from a place of empathy where I understand exactly what it's like to be in that position. So if you're ready to go, and you've got it and you want it really bad, then uh, I love pushing people. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, with that, let's get into it. So, you know, most people know you as this crazy video LinkedIn creator, right? Super creative stuff, super off the wall, but it sticks in everybody's mind, right? Because at the end of the day, people need to know you to be able to do business with you more than anything, right? Then they have to obviously like and trust you, but more than anything, it's important for them to know you. So, where did ABS come from? And I mean, dude, like it's a little bit over a year when this kind of came to fruition. So, I mean, you know, kind of back us up. What's the story? Where, where'd this all come from? Yeah. I mean, it's so crazy. It's been actually less than a year since I left my full-time job, which is just so crazy. You know, in a lot of ways, it feels like it's been a lot longer, but in a lot of ways, it felt like it was just too, you know? So, but yeah, I mean, I, I you know, ABS, you know, it's funny because uh, a lot of people call me ABS because the initials and the reason most people don't know this, but the reason that it was that is because I, when I was working at my former job, I had a profile for them as, as the employee for the company, right? And it's built out for you know me working there. And then when I decided to create this company and start, which really, really it started, you know, late 2019, but really early 2020 is when I won my first client, February, 2020. And then July, 2020 was replacing my six figure income and quitting that job to pursue my dream. But I had to start, I had to create another profile. It conflicted too much. And so when I created the other profile, I already had Alex Sheridan. So I said, all right, I'll do Alex B. Sheridan. My middle name's Bennett, right? And then that just turned into whole, the whole ABS. And now, you know, and so it kind of like became this, this ultra or this uh, ultra ego or, or persona that I didn't intend on. I was just like, I'm just creating a profile and I can't name it the exact same thing. So, but it's, uh, it's funny how things work out like that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, so you're talking about late 2019, into 2020. So what, what's going on in your life at that point in time? And 
how did this kind of come into your mind anyways? Why content creation? Why video? Where, where did this all come from? I mean, to take it a step back, man, like I was going through one of the, in, in 2000, early 2019, I think it was, I was going through one of the toughest times in my life. I was going through a divorce with my ex. We have kids, you know, and, and thankfully I have been, we have joint custody now, but I was going through a lot with that. I was going through some changes at my job where I was going into a new division and it wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be in terms of the team and opportunity and stuff. We had a lot of work cut out, cut out for us. And we started to make progress, but it was, it was a challenge. And so I felt like I was being hit from all angles. I had to move out into a small one bedroom apartment, you know, and basically sleeping on a mattress on the floor, which I'm going to talk about soon in a video coming up. And it, it was just like, you know, I, I felt there were times when I felt really low, but I decided that like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of hit this bedrock and I've got an option. And what I do from here determines what happens next. That's really what determines my future, not me hitting that bottom or whatever you want to call it. It's all about when you hit that and you're faced with the challenges and the obstacles, what do you do from there? How do you take that and create opportunity out of it? And it fueled me. It really fueled me. And I, I, I had known my whole life that I was this creative person. I was a songwriter. I liked acting. You know, I liked coming up with stories. I always had that within me, man, ever since I was 14 years old. I just never did shit with it. And, and the people around me never encouraged me to do anything with it either. So I just grew up assuming that I would never use that part of, part of me. But it's such a big part of me. So how could I conceal it? I wasn't being true to myself, right? I can't hide such such a massive part of who I am. And so those chain, those events all coming together in 2019, really, I put me in a position where I was like, I'm starting over. Like I'm playing with house money now. Everything's everything's starting over from scratch. And so why not create a life that I really want? Why not create a business that lights me up every single day, that gets me excited to get out of bed? I will all work on a Sunday just because I want to. I am excited to. I get up every morning at 5, 5.30 in the morning not because I have to. My first meetings aren't typically till 9, 9 30, 10 o'clock. I'm up writing scripts. I'm up creating, you know, the next video. I'm up, you know, talking to clients, whatever it might be. But I do it because I, I love it. I really enjoy it. And I think if you're listening right now and you can find something that you're naturally good at and you really enjoy it, not you're, you're not going to enjoy every single part of the process, but if you just naturally enjoy a lot of it and you've got some natural talent, man, you're in a hell of a spot to take off. From there, it's just how bad you want it and how far do you want to take it. Absolutely. And I mean, it's, it's clear with just you lighting up right now, talking about it, right? The passion that you exude for, for the content creation and the video and the creativity and stuff. So from a career perspective, I know you said you, you know, we all have passions and things that are interests and we know that, you know, maybe that's not something we're going to pursue as a profession or something that we're going to monetize eventually. Yeah. So how did you fall into the sales realm? And I mean, you, you built up a, a very successful career. So what was it like you know, kind of getting to the point where you were considering leaving that in the, in the, in the review mirror. In the beginning, it wasn't as clear to me because when I first started my business, I was going to do sales consulting. And I thought that's what, what was a passion of mine. And it turned out to not be a passion of mine. I just wasn't, I do enjoy some of the sales aspect, talking to people, building relationships, but I don't enjoy teaching people how to, you know, have, you know, cold call and send emails in front. Like it's not my thing. It's not my number one thing. Right. Certainly there's an element to that when it comes to social selling, content creation, follow-up, but I just, I just, I fell in love with videos. I started, I think you have to test and try. You have to figure out what people are like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what it's like. Well, what have you tried? How many things have you done? How, how much, how much do you come out of your own bubble, your own comfort zone? And if the answer is not very much, and I haven't tried very much, then how do you expect to find it? So sometimes it's there and you know it and it's easy. Other times it's like, I got to try 10 different things. And on the eighth or ninth time, I tried something that I fell in love with and I was pretty good at it. And I see other people making a living out of it. Boom. You know, that could be it. So for me, it was like using that creativity that I always had kind of leashed up inside of me and I unleashed it finally. And I, it was through video. It was through, you know, characters, humor, creative video. It was through songs. It was through, you know, all that type of stuff. And, and once I started actually doing it and seeing that I could make a business out of this. And then it was like, wow, this, this that light bulb went off. And I'm like, clients are coming to me. And I'm building a brand and I don't always have to chase people down. I can go from being, always being the hunter, hunter, hunter to being the hunted. And that was cool for me too, right? And again, I just enjoyed making the content. So it was a fun process for me. And then really when I started, man, to answer your question, when I started making more money at this job or at this business than I was my full-time job, that's when I looked in the mirror and I was like, look, something's got to give because you can only do a full-time job in a, in a business for so long when the business is seeing success and you're, you're, you're onboarding clients on a weekly basis, you know, and things are going well. And I said, one on, on both sides, one of them I love 
I love, I bleed it. I'm passionate about it. I wake up every day. I can't wait to do it after I leave my full-time job at five o'clock. I can't wait to get to work at five o'clock PM after I've worked a full day. And now I'm making more significantly more money in this too. And then I've got this other thing, which was my full-time job where I dreaded it. I hated going to meetings at that point, right? There was a, por- there was a portion where I didn't really like it, but I, I dreaded going to the meetings. I dreaded doing the work. I didn't, I had no passion for what I was doing anymore. And I wasn't making as enough money. I wasn't making nearly as much money. And so at that point it became very clear. And within a few weeks, I, I put in my notice. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, there's, there's a ton of things I wanted to get into there, but, but one of them that you talked about is kind of, you know, when you hit the floor, right. You know, and kind of hit that rock bottom and you can make the decision to, to kind of just give in and, and just kind of float along or, or, or really bounce off, you know, that, that situation. So where did that come from? Has that been something that's been kind of ingrained in you your whole life and, you know, fighting against, you know, the tougher times or what, where did that mentality and that mindset come from? Yeah. You know, it's funny, man. I actually, in a weird way, sort of operate almost best when my back's against the wall. And I think it's a lot, ever since I was 14, I was, you know, I was always in trouble as a kid, in and out of trouble, you know, with the law, with schools, went to three different high schools. I was just, I would think I just, I I just didn't know how to, how I fit into society. And really it turns out I, I didn't fit in, but I didn't know how to really work that. Right. I didn't get along with my parents. Now we have a great relationship, thankfully, but at the time there was conflict with us and I was hanging around with the bad people, just making bad choices. And so, you know, I think like I, I finally gave myself permission to kind of like be myself. I kind of gave myself permission to just like, it's okay to be you. And I don't want to fit in. I don't want to have to be somebody else. I don't want to have to be with my parents or my friends or my society or my schools want me to be. And at that moment, things started to change for me, but I always felt like that underdog. So like even example, went to three different high schools. I graduated a super senior. So I was like behind, right? Like I missed graduation with my friends. I was, you know, I was like, oh, Alex didn't graduate on time. Then I go to college, but I went to college late because I delayed things and I had to go to community college. So now I'm graduating college at 25. Other people are graduating at 22, 23, 24. Looking back now, I'm like, who cares? But then I was always like, I'm the underdog. Now I got to get in the workforce and prove that like, I'm not this flunky, you know, high school kid who graduated college late. Like I'm a smart dude. I'm creative. I work hard. Like, so I always had that. And my dad was a very hard worker too. So with my mom, but my dad was a really a grinding out kind of guy, like show up early, stay late. And I did get some of that from him watching him work so hard, you know, for sure. I watched him, but that was my mentality going into the workforce is like, I'm going to, I got something to prove. So I got a chip on my shoulder for me and for everyone else, you know? And so that was kind of, and again, when this happened, it was like, all right, back to home base. You know, I guess this is, this is where we, where we came back to. And I'm learning to work through that stuff now where I can, you know, not, I don't have to have my back against the wall to operate at my best, but that was a time period when I was like, okay, I'm used to this. I've been knocked down before. I've been through shit. I've been doubted. I've I've hit these walls, these, these bottoms before. Here we go. It's time to do what I do best. It's time to bounce back. (laughs) That's so awesome, man. That's so powerful. And I mean, I just think one of the points you just made, I mean, obviously that was just tremendous around, all around, but one of the points that you just made was around finally being comfortable with who you are, right? And I think that's such a challenge nowadays is, you know, you don't need to be bombastic. You don't need to be political, overly political. You don't need to be incendiary, but just being honest and, and comfortable with who you are. And I think that's what a lot of us struggle with. And, you know, I mean, that just resonates so clearly with me. And my journey is because I couldn't be who I wanted to be because of the corporate career, right? They want you to, you know, have this certain persona and, you know, work in a certain way and that's fine. Right. But it wasn't the, the challenge I had was what I was doing and my passions weren't necessarily taking away from that. Right. It'd be one thing if it was like, Hey, you know, I'm starting another business that's competing against the business that I'm selling right. them. But when they're so, you know, so diametrically opposite that it just doesn't really make sense. And I think that really was one thing that got to me personally, you know, and I just think that's such an important piece for folks in the audience listening is it's really powerful when you can just become yourself and be comfortable with who you are being, you know, fitting in, not fitting in underdog, you know, top of the mountain, whatever it is, but just being able to be comfortable with who you are is such a maturity thing. And, you know, I'm kind of the same way. I've always been kind of the underdog, you know, I've always been, you know, kind of everybody's like doubted me. And, and I use that as, as, as motivation moving forward. Right. And I, I kind of prefer to be the underdog, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. right? the expectations are lower and, you know, it's nice to kind of, you know, surprise people and kind of show them what you're truly capable of. Yeah. I mean, you, and you get the chip on your shoulder, right. Which, which can be a very positive thing. It can be a negative thing too, if you let it control you as well. 
and I've, I've experienced both, but you know, to your point, like you, people think they need to fit in because that's what we were taught our whole lives is to John, don't stand out too much. Don't make too much noise, fit in the line, be like every other student. And I think that's, that's where our school systems need a lot of reform is we need to teach creativity and self-love and valuing yourself and, and, and how do I use my personality to my advantage and finances and how do I build a business, get a job. There's so many things that we're not teaching in school that I think need to be taught there, but we have to overcome this massive hurdle of like, we were never even talked to about self-love and insecurities and not needing external validations to make us feel good. We want to fit in because we want people to like us. And in reality, the best way for people to like us is to be ourselves and to be authentic. And then the people that want us and that gravitate towards us will come to us. There are certain people that will repel and that's perfectly fine too. But when you're good inside, you don't need anything outside telling you that, hey, nice job, John, way to go, John, John, you're the best. You don't need that when you're good inside. 100%. And anybody that wants a good read, Emotional Intelligence is a tremendous book. And kind of to your point, Alex, I think that's something that's so important, especially being a father, you know, like, like you actually, well, along with two daughters, you know, yeah. just teaching them that self-love from such yes. an early age, right? Because it's so ingrained in childhood. And that's the scary part about reading emotional intelligence really from like six months to 10 years old is really the most formative years in your yes. children, right? And so like all these struggles that we have, you know, and not, you know, they're not dire, right? But they're just stuff that we need to overcome and work through. And it's just so imperative to make sure that you're teaching your children these things. Because as you said, the systems won't do this. So it's on us as parents to really help them understand, you know, where they should seek validation and, and really take advantage of those skills and, and uh, the areas that they have challenges, right? You know, hey, that, that's fine. If you struggle in this particular area, you know, just pursue this one instead. And then just know that deep down that, you know, hey, this is something that I'm always going to have challenges with. And thankfully, in the business realm, you just outsource it, right? <laughs> you <laughs> it to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, in, in a lot of ways you do. Yeah. So one thing I've heard you say before, and I think this is a challenge for a lot of folks, especially high income professionals, and, and that's what you were before you, you jumped out to, to do impacts full time, is you, I heard you say, I was a made dude, right? I was a made man. Like I was in a, I was in a good spot. I could just kick my feet up. I could just kind of ride it out and live a, a comfortable life. You know, my favorite term, it could have been good enough, right? And, you know, you decided to take that, for lack of a better term, more that contrarian path, right? And kind of say, hey, you know, I'm going to put my back up against the wall now, right? Hey, this is too comfortable. Mm -hmm. What drove you to that? And I mean, why would you put yourself in a position that you were, you were so comfortable to take on so much pain and, and risk? When I built that territory up, because when I say I was in a good spot, I, you know, for a year and a half, two years, I worked my butt off to build that territory up to where it was a contest winning territory and I could take trips to Cancun and hit the bonuses and all that stuff. And I, yes, I could. So the whole time I was building skills, the whole time I was like, Hey, I know there's John and Sally and Rotten, you know, all these other people that maybe weren't working as hard as I was. Cause I could see them. Right. But they had a, they, they were in a situation where they were making more money and it was more established. I, again, I felt like the underdog. So I'm like, I'm working harder. I'm, I'm, I'm developing myself. I'm writing like books on sales and stuff. Like I'm trying to really teach other people, impact the team. But I felt like it, it was a long build. It was a slow build. And when I built it up, I was so proud that I just realized I, I did this the right way. Like I wasn't given anything. I wasn't given accounts or territory. I had about to build it from scratch. And so, but then I got to that point and I'm like, all right, two contests in a row, making decent money, you know, six figures and stuff. And I could have continued down that path easily, but I loved the build, even though the money wasn't as good when I was not in the position I was in. I love the opportunity to say, let's take something from nothing and let's turn it into something special. So that's the reason I changed divisions within my previous company to take on something brand new. That was kind of a shit show, to be honest, walking into it. Uh, at that particular time. And so I, I went into that thinking, okay, like let's, let's build something again. When in reality, John, what I really wanted to do was build a business. That was my safe way of saying, yeah, let's take on something new within the company. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that's what makes you happy and that's your thing, go for it. Not everyone is supposed to be an entrepreneur. I, I don't push that at all. I think most people are not supposed to be entrepreneurs, to be honest. But, but I, I, that, was my, that was my mind telling me, you want to build something. You want to build something, but not for not with this company. And not the not that the company was bad. They're good people, but just not for a company. You want to do it yourself and be able to unleash your creative and do things your way and like have the creative freedom and like make the kind of money you want to make and not have restrictions and 
And that was my sign right there. And then once I made that move, then I really got serious about the business not too long after that. And I was like, I got to start, I want to build, I want to build the side business and I want to, I want to turn it into a full-time deal. It just happened a lot sooner than I thought it would, to be honest. I thought it was going to be like the beginning of this year, I'd be leaving my company and it happened last year in July. So, and a lot of that was obviously COVID and people looked at LinkedIn and digital marketing and digital building a brand and social selling they looked at it much more seriously because there just was nothing else. There was no in-person meetings. There was no, hi, how's it going? I'm Alex. You know, all that stuff got kind of canceled out. And the, the the ones that thrived were the ones that evolved. And they figured that out that, you know, may, it may come back to a certain extent, but we live in a digital world now. And so you got to adjust with time or time's going to adjust you. hundred percent. And I think, you know, that's kind of the biggest consensus I've heard is really it just expedited these transitions that would have happened by, anyways. By, by five to seven years. Exactly. So, so the, the, the groundwork you're laying and folks that are, they're pursuing more of the digital path is really the future, right? Ultimately, we don't know what the future of working from home versus working in the offices. We don't know what the future of connecting with potential customers. The thing that's been so astounding for me is I've built so many relationships with people I would have never met, right? Because, because of LinkedIn. And, you know, I guess LinkedIn has been obviously a huge opportunity for me personally. And I think that's really, you know, folks all over the country, folks all over the globe, right? I mean, yeah. it, it's it's pretty cool and pretty wild. So, well, let's let's get into the actual business, right? I mean, you're talking about late 2019 and then by mid 2020, I mean, you're making six figures plus from, from putting this thing together. So walk us through that. Like, how'd you get from A to B and I guess A to B to S? Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, that's good. I've never heard someone do that. That's good. <laughs> Like but how'd you get there? And I mean, yeah, to kind of break yeah. it down to us. And what were the emotions like through the process? Man, I didn't know what I was doing, man. I didn't know what I was doing. I, I was, you know, new entrepreneur, new business owner, had no freaking clue, was in a new industry, hadn't came from marketing. So that was new. I was like, as dude, I was as raw as it gets. Right. And I knew sales and I knew people and I knew emotional intelligence. So I, I, obviously I had some things, right. But, and I had some business acumen, but I had nothing. When it comes to entrepreneurship and building a business. And I remember when I won my first client, man, it was February, 2020. I was, I'll just never forget this moment. I'll never forget it. And I was working at my full-time job. I was downtown in the city of Chicago off, off the mag mile, Northwestern, uh, right. Or actually across in, in a lobby, but basically in the Northwestern hospital facilities, because that's where some of my clients were. They were a client. Northwestern was a client for me. And I got the call and and he says, my client, he says, I want to work with you. Let's move forward. You know, it's, I send him the invite. He sends it back. Everything's good. And he goes, let's do this. He goes, I know you can help me. Let's go. And I was like, you know, I was trying to play it cool on the phone call. I was like, awesome. Looking forward to working with you, Robert. I'm like, this is going to be great. Da, da, da. And I get off the call. He doesn't know it's my first client, right? And I get off the call and I'm just like, let's go. And I'm in the lobby and I'm just like, I'm like, you know, fist pumping, I'm doing all this stuff. And then the people around me are like, what is this guy doing? You know, I called my mom, I called a close friend. I was like, I just won my first client. And it wasn't even anything big. It was a few hundred bucks, you know, a couple hundred bucks, whatever. But it was just a, it was the significance of that win. And I think when you're an entrepreneur and you're building something from scratch, from nothing, you need those kind of moments to build your own confidence and to, to for someone to say, I, I believe in you, I trust in you, I'm going to give you money for you to provide me a product or service. When you've built that from scratch, it's, it's a really cool feeling. And so from there, it wasn't like things took off right away either. Like, I think I won my next client like 30 days later. It wasn't even anything like I had like multiple wins and then boom, took off. It was really like, you know, April, May, June was like, poof, things just started taking off. I mean, it was, it was, it was just crazy. It happened fast. Right. Cause then obviously that was February. So that was before COVID. I was still downtown in the city, hopping on a train, you know, and then COVID hit and then the business did, you know, things expedited obviously because of that, but I'll never forget that moment, man. But from there, I just got obsessed with customer experience. I've got obsessed with, you know, I had other people that started businesses around the same time they had more followers, they posted more, they got maybe more attention, but they weren't building products and services that were getting their clients results, right? They were so in the social media, so obsessed with the likes and the follow, and that stuff's great. But when you're not focused enough on the client, I was like, I'm going to take every single person I work with and I will give them everything I got. I don't care if it's part of the program, if it's not part of the program, I'm going to make sure that they find success. If it's like, I don't, anything that I have to do, like ethically and legally, of course, but I, that's the mindset I had. So I would do extra calls. I would do extra time. I would create extra, you know, videos. Like 
I just didn't care. I was just all about finding them success, making sure they got the results and outcomes that they were looking for that we had determined going into it. And when you have that mindset, man, such a customer focused approach, you win, you win. Your clients win. They refer people word of mouth. You feel good about your products and services. You start adding to things because you're learning how to better service your clients and you just create a better overall customer experience. But I think not enough people in the beginning are focused around that. Like I, I'll talk to certain clients and especially the ones that are newer in the building their business. And I'll, and I'll literally ask them, how are your, you know, your, you've got your first three or four clients. How, how's it going? What are they doing? Well, we got a call in a couple of weeks. I'm like, why a couple of weeks? I'm like, get on the phone with them today. Get on a Zoom call with them tomorrow. Like if they need your help, do it. You, you only have a handful of clients, you know, so you've got time on your side. You can leverage your time. Well, when you start winning more clients and the business builds, your time becomes now it's a little bit differently, right? You've got to rework things and you've got to figure out how to be more efficient. But man, the importance of just really diving into your customer success. And then what you do from there, John, is you build testimonials, videos, you build text testimonials, you know? So then now your sales calls get better because now you're saying they're asking, like I had a guy today, literally on a call before we hear that I, I'm pretty sure we'll sign up for the boot camp. He asked me, have you ever worked with speakers before in this industry? And I'm like, yes, I have. And I pulled up something. It had a picture of some of my clients and a story about, check out this person. He was on LinkedIn for 12 months and not wanted one single client. We started working together. He's telling better stories. He's putting out better content. He's sending better DMs. He now is the hero and he's won three clients in the last four weeks since he signed up. And he had won 12 months without winning any. So I have those, those case studies and those proof points and those testimonials to pull from now. And that's the power of really putting your customer first. Everything snowballs from there. I hope people are are listening loud and clear because that was just a masterclass and and how to go through the process right and really build your brand authority right because because that's that's where you need to get to for everybody right especially on the services side right product side is a little bit different but when it's an actual yeah. service obviously the outcome and you're able to have other people champion you I mean that's when it that's Huge. when it begins to snowball right and I mean and 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 you've done such a great job building it out that now you have brand authority within certain mediums, right? Hey, speakers, right. hey, you know, yep. whatever, staffing companies, what, whatever the case is, right? I mean, that just that just gets so powerful. So what so what are I know you just talked through a couple of things, but what are some lessons learned, you know, kind of through those first couple months that that led you to success? Or if you could go back and maybe, you know, critique or change things that you did a certain way. Is there anything that, that kind of stands out that could have expedited things for you? Community building was was going to be bigger than I anticipated early on. So when I first started my LinkedIn video social selling bootcamp, we were doing live sessions, there's modules, things like that, but there wasn't a strong community. And now what we have is, and we've had, you know, close to hundred plus people through that bootcamp and we've had a lot of success stories. So I'm happy, I'm happy to, I'm proud to say that because those people have worked their asses off for it too. They earned it, but the community aspect. So if, if it's, if it's just something where somebody's got to go out and consume, not to say that wouldn't or couldn't work because it certainly can, but when people have that and then they have time with you and then they also have a community, they also have other people that are going through the same thing that there are similar things that they're going through and they can, we can share wins with each other, which is inspiring. And that leads to referrals. We can share um, challenges with each other, mistakes that we're making. I can share mistakes. We can support each other on a whole new level that's when things really started to take off. When it became the number one selling point, obviously the, the goal of this whole thing is to win clients and get results and build brand, and of course. But when you look at the program, when it really started to, to pop is when the, the community became the thing that people started raving about and saying, man, that you got to join the creative crew. It's like when you're in, John, it's like getting around, you know, like you got to get around people that are the, are the right, you got to get around people that are going places that are going to push you that that's one of the best things that I've learned over the last few months and last couple of years, you know, I love my parents to death, but they were not good for my growth. When it comes to my business, they were not good for my growth when it comes to Alex Bennett Sheridan, because they, they wanted to play things safe. Did they want me to fail? No, of course. Did they want me to succeed? Yes, of course but they wanted to play it. They wanted me to play it safe because they didn't want me to not have a job or not have a business or not have income for my girls. And so they always kind of put me in this, this box to say, well, play it safe. Don't take chances, you know, stay in your comfort zone. You've got a great job. And I said, I don't want safe. I want bold. I want to follow my dream. I want to, I want to be, I want to pioneer. I want people to say this dude changed the game. This dude changed my life. This dude transformed my business. 
Like that's the game that I wanted to play. And I love that, John. I love that. That's me. That's who I am. And my parents, again, I love them to death, but they suppressed a lot of that, not knowingly, just trying to love me and keep me safe and be the best parents they could be. But it held me back. So you got to think about if you're listening to this right now, who are you surrounding yourself with? And certainly you've got people that aren't going to align like your family and parents and that kind of stuff. But make sure that you mentally distance yourself enough to where you say, this is my zone. They don't understand it. They love me. They do not get this. I do not expect them to get this. They may never quite get this, but this is my vision and I'm going to make it happen. And so when you start to see success, people start understanding a little bit more. Ah, okay. This is, I got it now. Yeah, this is cool. We're so proud of you. This is amazing. We always believed in you, you know? Those things start coming out, of course, and they're super happy. Most, If they're good people and they care about you, they are happy for you, but they were not there supporting necessarily day one to the extent that you thought they would. So surround yourself with people that are going places that are going to push you and that you can learn from. Dude, you got me hyped up, man. I just like want to go run through a wall or something right now. Man. Just, your passion <laughs> that's, is exuding, that's, man. That's like that's I just a piece of micro content right there. <laughs> Sure man, I'm loving this. This is this is gold, and and I and I think that's such a powerful point in in what you just said about kind of differentiating the relationship with you can love a family member and you can totally. have a relationship with them totally that is is true love, right? I mean, you you love them in every possible way, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the direction you're going and the aspirations that you have. And I think that's such a struggle for some people. And I mean, I went through it as well. And it's funny because my dad kind of went full circle, right? You know, he had an extremely successful corporate career and then eventually got spit out by private equity. And, and now he's an entrepreneur and business, small business owner himself. Right. And he, he couldn't be happier. Right. He's like, I'm in total mm-hmm. control of my time, my income yeah. <laughs> he just brags all the time. About, I'm just lowering my tax liability <laughs> to zero. He's like, I just don't want to pay any taxes. And I'll just like, okay, you just keep doing you. But I think, you know, it's just, it's crazy. And it's funny because they get a taste of it and they, you just, it's kind of back to that. You just don't know what you don't know. Right. And like you talked about being bold and changing the game. And I mean, you know, just doing something impressive, right. Having, you know, for lack of a better term impact. Right. I mean, and that's yes. why the name is so powerful. Is. And, and that's kind of what the change was for me was no amount of money, regardless of how much it ended up being, if I was strictly doing it just for the money, but seeing somebody actually reach success and, you know, having a hand in that and having them reach the levels that they want and the goals that they have, is so powerful. And, and yeah. what else can that person do with, with what they've attained and learned to impact other people? Right. And that's when you talk about the boldness and the impacts, uh, you know, that really start to spider out is when you're able to help others. Right. And now they can share these lessons with other people mm-hmm. or, or that speaker maybe landed a new client that he helped, you know, change their life that, that may not have been gravitated towards them if, if they hadn't done that. So no, man, this, this, this is outstanding. So I, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. So as far as, you know, business is starting to scale, you're, you're rocking and rolling, you're making good money. There's only one ABS, right? I mean, you're only one dude, right? I mean, now, now Gary Vaynerchuk's knocking on your door. I mean, you know, who well, knows? I don't know he's knocking on my door, but. <laughs> no, nah, you know what I'm saying though, but I mean, you're yeah. doing, you're doing outstanding and you're, you're starting to, you know, make some inroads and some very powerful people within yeah. the media and social media and just the, the, the larger business ecosystem. So what are you doing now? Like, how do you, how do you scale and how do you get to the point where everybody's only got the same 24 hours in the day? You've got two beautiful yeah. daughters. How can you be the father you want to be, but also build and continue to scale this business at the same time? Yeah, it's a great question. And the first thing that you have to do, the, the, the thing that I wish I had done sooner is really audit my business and, and step out of it for a little bit and say, hey, where am I spending my time? Where's the revenue coming from? And here's a really important one. What do I love and not love doing about the work that I'm doing? So for me, for example, I was building out an offering, right, that I offered that I did not enjoy doing. It sucked time out of my, it was, it was more money, but it, it really in the grand scheme of things, I don't know how much more when you look at the time and the effort and the energy that it took for me, it just didn't light me up. So I think about it now and I've got two main offerings, one's for companies, company training, things of that nature, one's for the entrepreneurs, the founders, small business owners, executives, and that's the, the LinkedIn video and social design bootcamp. Both of those light me up. Both of those excite me. Both of those I've got a lot of results and wins from. Both of those I can't wait to do every single day. And so I, what I did was not, there was a point recently when I was like, I think I need to hire somebody. It wasn't that I needed to hire somebody else. Certainly I've got outsourced work, of course, right? So I don't edit my own videos and there's the graphic designers and 
there's things that I, of course I've got an amazing team that makes me look like a lot better than I really am. Right. They're just amazing in what they do. But if, so of course I'm not in the, in the, in the weeds like that. But when it came to my business, I thought, I think I need to hire somebody in the next several weeks. And really I, I didn't quite yet. I needed to evaluate my business, cut off some of the things that were just draining my time and sucking a lot of energy out of me that I didn't enjoy. Cause I believe our, our values of life and work, they should all run together. And if you're doing something that you really just don't enjoy, why are you doing it? You know, is there an opportunity? Is it, does it make sense to even look is there another opportunity that could still bring in the revenue, but that you enjoy doing more? And for me, it was a no brainer. So I changed things with the boot camps, the premiums are, you know, the offerings a little bit different. And then I structured the other offering with the company training and both of those, I really, I'm in love with, and I'm happy to do it every single day, but I cut things out that just, again, were, were, were draining me of energy and time and all that stuff. So I think the first step is just to analyze and audit your own business and figure out where am I spending my time? How much revenue is coming in as a result of it? Do I need to adjust pricing? Do I need to adjust how I offer it? How I spend my time? Can I take some of the one-on-one time and put it into video modules? I did that with some of the bootcamp stuff. Can I take uh, me one-on-ones all the time to me one-to-many, which I did with the bootcamp, you know? And so there's a lot of things that you can do to create efficiencies, but eventually, yes, eventually. And it's, it's not too far away that I'll have to hire somebody to really be in the business with me running sales calls on meetings, boot camps, you know, of course, if I want to scale, you know, past a certain amount. Absolutely. And, and I think that's such a struggle for folks starting out when you talk about going back and auditing your business, right? Cause you're just chasing squirrels yeah. every yeah. day, right? You're like, Oh, this is a good idea. This is a good idea. Oh, look at that offering. I'm going to do that offering now. I'm going to, Oh, look, I think I can do this over here. And so that's... you're just running around in, in a million yeah. different directions, right? Because you're motivated, but you're also anxious because you're just like, Hey, how, what do I need to do to make this, you know, what's going to catch, right? You know, what is going to catch? But I think the, the point that you made that's so powerful. And I think this is the important one for folks that are considering the transition from employment, you know, full-time employment to entrepreneurship is, is really understand what you like to do and you enjoy mm-hmm. to do, right? What's, what's the point in, in leaving a job that you're unhappy with to do something that in turn, doesn't light you up and make you happy. Right. And and, and potentially putting more risk on your family. Right. So now you're, you know, maybe your emotions are different. Now your relationships change and struggle because now you're doing something because now you've, you know, you don't have some of the, I don't want to even say security, but some of the consistency of a paycheck, right. You know, cause you're going to be variable and especially starting off. And and I just think that's such a powerful point is just really be clear with what you want to do. And then early on really understand, Hey, you know, is this an offering? How much energy? I mean, that, that, that is just gold right there. How much energy is this taking out of you? Cause regardless of what the return is, if it's sucking energy out of you, that's going to take away from relationships or other, other parts of your business that you truly love. I mean, that's just gold, man. So I, I think that's such a powerful point. Yeah. You, you have to look at that, you know, and I think to your point as a new entrepreneur, especially in the first year, the first year is, the, is, is very challenging, right? So in the first year, you're just trying to find more business, you're trying to offer more things. And you're really some of it is you have to test and try and figure out what's going to work for you, what you like, what you don't like. But oftentimes, we've got the answer. And we just think we need to do something else. You know, I've got this one thing. Now, now I need two or three other things. Maybe you do, but maybe you just need to make that one thing really amazing. What if you took that one thing and you made it world-class? You made it just, there's nothing better in the entire world than this for this kind of offering. What if you did that? And what if you got more wins? And what if you upped your prices? And then what if that was something that you love to do and it gave you more energy to then go and do something else in a different, maybe in a different offering. And so, yeah, you, you, you have to step out of your business and look at it from 5,000 feet up. It's tough to do sometimes, especially in the first year, because you're so in the business that sometimes you can't see problems or challenges and solutions that are right in front of your face. Are there any relationships that you leaned on throughout this that kind of helped you get that clarity and take a step back? Or is this all just, you know, introspective and, you know, I don't know, you're doing some meditation or something to to get you to this, uh, this state. Yeah, it's both, you know, it's definitely talking to people who have been in business longer than I have friends, supporters, clients of mine for sure have been amazing for me. And a lot of it's just thinking, 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 getting into my own head. What's, what do I like? What do I not like? Why am I feeling this way? You know, I'm very in tune with a lot of that stuff. I talk to myself a lot. I believe that's very, very important to do. Spending time with yourself and, and really analyzing why you're doing what you're doing, how you're doing it. Does it align with your visions, your values, where you want to go in life? But certainly getting perspective from people that have been there before you and have had success and can say, look at you and say, Alex, why are you going that direction? Why not just triple down on this? And I had a friend say that one time, a client of mine. And I was like, 
I don't really know, dude. That's a great question. And I think I just, when you said that, I think I, I have the answer, you know? So yeah, if you can get perspective from people that have been there and done that, and they can, they can save literally months, if not years of you going down a path that may not be the path that you want. No, that's, that's, that's amazing. So I know we, we will get a little tactical, so I have to at least snag a couple free snippets from you. Right. So, so for folks out there that are trying to, you know, they're either got a, got a business and they're trying to critique the brand messaging, or they're kind of launching something and, and trying to grow brand messaging. What's a couple pointers, maybe two or three that, that you've seen folks throughout your program or just through your interactions that are kind of common struggles that, you know, maybe low hanging fruit for them just to kind of check off real quick and at least expedite their path a little bit. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I beat this horse, it's dead, but I, I continue to beat it and I will continue to beat it forever. And that is really understanding what your brand is and is going to be and why. And, and I, I don't, enough people don't spend enough time here. They just rush into, all right, I want to win clients. I want to, I want to create content. I want to update my profile. And it's like, well, hold on before you do that. What, what is the brand? Because if you don't build a brand and specifically, you know, ideally it would be a mission driven company, mission driven brand. There's something, there's a greater purpose that brings people together, that gets people to feel it. Like if you don't, you know, think about Apple, think differently. It's not just we make computers, you know, it's not just we make software. You know, it's not that. It's that we're trying to get the world to think differently. Tesla, you know, a lot of these companies, and, and you could go on and on. There's plenty of, of one person companies. There's plenty, you know, mine unleash the creative. It's trying to help people see that you have something inside of you that is trapped for some reason, whether it's insecurities or childhood or whatever it is, helping people unleash it, whether you're a client or not. I want to help the world unleash their creative. So I think building a good foundation of thinking about what is the purpose? What is the mission? What are we trying to, how are we different? What's the competitive advantage? What are, what are my values as a business owner, as, as a company? And, and how, what does that look like? And why are they my values? And then, you know, obviously going with that, you have to look at your, the second thing is you got to, and really the first thing is you got to look at your target audience. Who, what is the community that you want to build? Who are the people that you want to serve? I find that enough of my clients, when I first start talking to them, they don't really understand their client all that well. You know, they think they do. <laughs> and they're like, no, I, it's this job title. It's, they're usually at the company. I'm like, cool. What do they care about? What language do they use? How do they speak to things? They'll say, well, their problem is this. Is that really their problem though? Is that the symptom, but maybe the root cause or the the disease is something a little bit different that maybe you need to start talking about the disease versus the, the, the cough or the symptom, which they could care less about. So it's really getting in the minds of the buyers. And then you come up with the next step is then you come up with the content strategy, the social selling strategies. They all filter through that brand and through that target audience lens. And that's, if you don't set it up that way, you're going to have a lot of things that just don't work later on. No, that's, that's pure gold. And I mean, I think that's something that I continue to struggle with. And I think most people do, right? And, and to your point before, you're kind of testing things, right? You know, hey, is this going to stick? Is this not going to stick? Is this messaging something that is going to align with, with the target audience? But to your point, I mean, you need clarity. And I loved how you said it with a mission-driven brand. You know, that's going to really kind of help people have an emotional connection to it, not just, hey, we sell widgets, right? You know, what are those, right. what, are, what, you know, what experiences or what emotions does buying that widget bring you in, right? And then understanding what that ideal customer profile looks like. I mean, it, it, it's so simple, but so many brands fail. And I mean, you know, even just now kind of doing it more myself, running through other LinkedIn profiles, web pages, you just look at it and you're just like, if you came on, the, if you just came across this randomly, you'd have no clue what it does. And does your attention span, you know, stick long enough to really care to know, or you're just like, oh, this isn't interesting. I'm moving on. And I just think that's so yeah. amazing. And it's being obsessed with your customer experience and results. I have that written down every single day. I look at that. Uh, and there's a couple pillars that I have. One of them is customer experience and customer results. Think about Blockbuster, Sears, a lot of these companies, they were, they were obsessed with the business model that they had. And sure, they made tweaks and changes, but a lot of times it was too late. They weren't obsessed with saying, Dude, how do we just like forget whatever our model is now? Not saying we need to abandon it, but let's look at like how let's look at the customer. How do we just give them the best possible experience and the best possible results that we can do as a company, as a team, as a per solopreneur, whatever it is? And when you think like that, it takes you out of the equation. And it puts the customer at the forefront. And then amazing things start happening because you start building things out specifically for them and to help them solve their problems, to help them get the results that they want. And that's how you evolve as a company. That's why Amazon and Apple and Tesla and all these companies, and there's obviously so many entrepreneurs and so many different industries. I'm using the big ones that people would recognize. They're winning so big because they put the customer at the forefront and said, our customers are tired of using this when it's not something they want to use. Let's change it, right? 
Our customers don't want this. Our customers don't want to pump gas and destroy the environment and spend, you know, they want to drive something, but they don't have to, you know, go 20 miles and then charge it. So how can we create something where they can go a few hundred miles and they don't have to pump gas? And they, how can we get the cost? You know, they're really thinking about the end user at all times. And that's that's how you win. No, that, that that's awesome, man. No, that's, uh, that's pure gold. So, well, let's get into the, I just want to go through your cash flow stack real quick, right? So you had the W2 job before, and that's kind of what m- most people know. Now you're kind of, you know, hybrid 1099 business income just kind of break it down. I mean, so I know you said you have the community, obviously you're doing consulting. How do you kind of break down the income you're, you're getting now? And, you know, do you kind of consider it more, the majority of it's coming from the consulting 1099 or, you know, is the community more business passive? How do you make income right now? It's, I mean, I'm, I have some investments of course, but mostly it's, mostly it's through the business, right? Mostly it's through the business. Now there's a couple of different channels within the business, of course. And as I look to expand this business, there'll be more and then as I look to uh, take on new opportunities, because as I mentioned before, when I build things up, I want to make sure that I, I'm excited about that build and not that we can keep building this for a long time, but I would, I am already kind of getting an itch to what else could I start from scratch? What else could I build? But I'm also at the point, John, where I don't want to rush things and I don't want to say, because I've made that mistake before, I don't want to say, okay, I need to start something new right now. It's like, well, you got a great thing going on. And LinkedIn video content creation, socials, like all this stuff is going to be around for a long time. And there's a lot of juice to squeeze out of this thing. So ride it, man, ride it, like take advantage of it. You're great at it. You got great products and systems. You got great customers, you know, use this as an opportunity to catapult you. And then maybe in a year, two years, three years from now, maybe that, that problem or that challenge I see is like, man, this is the problem that people have. Again, going back to the customer centric, how can I make this way better for customers? How can I give them way better solution that they're getting now? And, and then, you know, the business stems from that. So I don't rush it, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it pretty significantly. And then I think about, do I want to get into down the line, other investments in, in real estate and that kind of stuff. And I'm just not 100% sure quite what that looks like yet, but I know there's going to be something in the next few years. Well, if you need a guy, I mean, you're talking. <laughs> I know a guy, I know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I man, it. I love that. And I mean, I love the fact that so the thing about your business that I think is interesting and, and you know, ingenious is that you have these different sources, right? And I think that when you talk about the community building that you had mentioned before, you know, that's, you know, that's a recurring revenue target that you can have, right? So you have them, you send them through the boot camp, and now they're part of the community, but now they're, they're stuck in the community, right? And I think not stuck, they're, 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 they're wanting to be in the community. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. And I, and I think that's, that's where when you start building these things, it just get it really scales. And it's really interesting, because to them, it's like, hey, whatever, 25, 30, 50, hundred bucks a month, whatever. Like I'm getting way more value out of this community than this little iterative, you know, payment that I'm making every month. And I think that's when the scale and the growth happens. Right. And you know, now all of a sudden when your community grows to 500 or a thousand, right now, all of a sudden you're making, you know, 10 grand right. a month just from the community. Right. And, and, you know, and you're just kind of nurturing it and stuff. So I just, I think that's powerful. So, uh, well, let's wrap up with the contrarian three pack. So, um, I know you mentioned you did a couple investments, but is there anyone that sticks out in your mind as kind of the most contrarian or off the beaten path from an investment perspective that you've made in your life? I mean, I, you know, this is going to be very cliche, but just investing in myself, you know, I think that's, that's what people, I think people don't invest enough in that. I think they often think of stocks and bond, this and that real estate, which is all great. It can be great. But I think I, I, I always, always like, man, I'm going to up my skills. I'm going to get better at this. I'm going to become, you know, one of the greatest video content creators on planet earth. And I know if I do that and help other people do that, that's going to, that's going to bring me plenty of money and rewards and things like that. So I, I'm a big believer in, 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 even when I look at the community building now, I think that's a skill that people should be paying attention to. And it's a newer skill. Content marketing is pretty new, dude. It's, it's not that when it comes to the digital side, it's not even that old, really. When you look at it, who's really from an organic standpoint, non-advertisement content marketing, it's really fairly new. That's why a lot of CMOs and high-level marketers, they're not, they don't understand LinkedIn as much, right? Some of them. And so, um, yeah, I've always looked in, and believed in building, building myself up and obviously others around me, but investing in yourself and figuring out what those skills should be and how that plays into your goals and the future and where the marketplace is, of course, it should align. But I think investing in yourself is one thing that people don't do enough that they really should. Absolutely. And, and and I love the way, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be financial, kind of tying it back to what you were saying before, you know, in terms of auditing your business and really taking time in stock to think about, hey, what's happening? What's going on? You know, how can we how can we do this better? Or what are some areas we can cut out to become more efficient? So, yep. so what's your favorite activity outside of business, outside of content creation? What do you do outside of work to have fun with friends and family? 
Dude, I'm pretty simple. You know, like I, I enjoy just like going to the parks with my kids, hanging out with my parents, doing dinners, wineries. I enjoy some physical activity, bike riding, things of that nature. I love writing scripts. I know that's kind of part of the business. I love writing songs, which is sometimes part of the business. Yeah, it's outside. It's, you know, it's summer, it's summer now here. So it's nice out, obviously. So I love getting outside and just doing fun stuff outside. But that's really it. You know, doing some travel here and there, seeing some new sites, pretty simple stuff. I think that when you're around the right people, you can be doing almost anything and have a great time. Absolutely. And well, I'm looking forward to hearing some of those future LPs coming out uh, from your songwriting. <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> um, and I'll just finish it off with uh, what does offer you the most fulfillment in life? That's a good question, man. You know, it's definitely, it's definitely two things. It would be, it's almost hard for me to choose. I mean, obviously my kids, massive, massive fulfillment with my kids, Nadia and Riley. Love them to death. They're a massive part of my life. I could not imagine life without them. They're such a big part of building out this vision and where we want to go and, and everything, man. And I just enjoy my time with them so, so much. So that would that, that brings me a lot of fulfillment. I've always wanted to be a father since as early as I can remember. And so it's a, it is a joy and just such a privilege for, for me to be able to do that. And the second thing is the business, man. I just It brings me so much fulfillment. Even doing stuff like this is fun for me, but seeing my clients win and seeing them go from, you know, not winning any clients on LinkedIn, not really having much of a brand to flourishing and seeing the impact that it makes when someone was kind of scared to put themselves out there. And I encouraged them in a way that allowed them to put themselves out there and see the impact that it made in their life and their relationships and, and their business. Like that stuff to me is, is just so fulfilling, man. I get, I get jacked coming off our live calls sometimes when we, when we really have some breakthroughs. So yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. And just writing the scripts and coming up with more creative stuff. I mean, I got some, do some crazy stuff coming out soon. Some, some social media zombie apocalypse stuff. And just like, just some, some next levels. I'm always trying to up the game, man. I'm always trying to outdo myself. No, I love it. And I mean, it's just so clear having to come through to either talking about your daughters or, you know, the creation and unleash the creative. So, yeah. man, this is, this has been a blast. I'm, I'm so grateful for you taking the time and drop so many bombs. What's, What's the best way the audience can get in touch with you out there and, uh, you know, start unleashing their creative LinkedIn for sure. You know, I'm on LinkedIn daily. So you can hit me up there, Alex B Sheridan or, uh, a Sheridan at impacts.com. Awesome, man. Well, uh, looking forward to continue following your journey and seeing where it'll take you and what, what entity you may start up here in, in, in short order and get rocking on. So thank you again, man. Really appreciate the time. I appreciate being on. Man. Thanks until next time live fulfilled. Thank you for listening to Contrarian Cashflow. I would greatly appreciate it if you left an honest review, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode, and share with someone you feel would find value. Until next time, think different, earn different, live fulfilled.